discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Tamika Palmer, the mother of Brianna Taylor, who was killed in a botched no-knock police raid last year and used to further galvanize BLM, slammed the organization for exploiting her daughter's death to raise money in a Facebook post over the weekend. The post has since been deleted by Facebook. In other news, despite President Biden saying during his campaign that he was quote-unquote not a fan of packing the Supreme Court, the Democrats are trying to strong-arm legislation to add four more seats. These are just a couple of the stories that I will not be covering today. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. The Washington Post reports, I know, I know, I'm sorry, you you can't win them all. The Washington Post reports, more than 100 chief executives and corporate leaders gathered online Saturday to discuss taking new action to combat the controversial state voting bills being considered across the country, including the one recently signed into law in Georgia. Executives from major airlines, retailers, and manufacturers plus at least one NFL owner, talked about potential ways to show they opposed the legislation, including by halting donations to politicians who support the bills and even delaying investments in states that pass the restrictive measures, according to four people who were on the call, including one of the organizers, Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, a Yale management professor. While no final steps were agreed upon, the meeting represents an aggressive dialing up of corporate America's stand against controversial voting measures nationwide, a sign that their opposition to the laws didn't end with the fight against the Georgia legislation passed in March. It also came just days after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell warned that firms should quote-unquote stay out of politics, echoing a view shared by many conservative politicians, and setting up the potential for additional conflict between Republican leaders and the heads of some of America's largest firms. This month, former President Donald Trump called for conservatives to boycott Coca-Cola, Major League Baseball, Delta Air 
Airlines, Citigroup, Viacom CBS, UPS, and other companies after they opposed the law in Georgia that critics say will make it more difficult for poorer voters and voters of color to cast ballots. Baseball officials decided to move the All-Star game this summer from Georgia to Colorado because of the voting bill. Sonnenfeld said the online call between corporate executives on Saturday, quote, shows they are not intimidated by the flack. They are not going to be cowed. They felt very strongly that these voting restrictions are based on a flawed premise and are dangerous, end quote. Leaders from dozens of companies such as Delta, American, United, Starbucks, Target, LinkedIn, Levi Strauss, and Boston Consulting Group, along with Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank, were included on the Zoom call, according to people who listened in. The discussion was led at times by Kenneth Chennault, the former chief executive of American Express, and Kenneth Fraser, the chief executive of Merck, who told the executives that it was important to keep fighting what they viewed as discriminatory laws on voting. Chennault and Fraser coordinated a letter signed last month by 72 black business executives that made a similar point, a letter that first drew attention to the voting bills in executive suites across the country. The call's goal was to unify companies that had been issuing their own statements after the action in Georgia, Sonnenfeld said. The leaders called in from around the country. Some chimed in from Augusta, Georgia, where they were attending the Masters Golf Tournament. Sonnenfeld said, quote, There was a defiance of the threats that businesses should stay out of politics. They were obviously rejecting that even with their presence on the call. But they were there out of concern about voting restrictions not being in the public interest, end quote. One Georgia-based executive talked about how the final version of Georgia's legislation was much worse than expected and how that should serve as a warning to other chief executives as more states consider adopting their own voting bills, according to people on the call. Access to the polls has emerged as a major national issue. Republican state lawmakers are trying to pass legislation they say is designed to combat voting fraud. GOP-backed bills in various state houses aim to ban ballot drop boxes, limit voting periods, restrict absentee voting, or stiffen requirements for voter identification. Five bills with new voter restrictions have been passed nationwide so far, with 55 restrictive bills in 24 states being considered by legislatures, according to the Brennan Center for Justice, a nonpartisan law and policy institute. Companies have jumped into hot-button political debates before, such as the corporate backlash to a 2016 North Carolina bill banning transgender people from using the public restroom that corresponds with their gender identities. After the Capitol riot in January, many companies pledged to stop donating to politicians who spurred doubts about the outcome of the presidential election. Now, it is voting rights. Many of the corporate leaders who joined the call seemed to view the voting restrictions as attacks on democracy, rather than as a partisan issue, according to the people who listened in. Mike Ward, co-founder of the Civic Alliance, a nonpartisan group of businesses focused on voter engagement, said he felt there was a broad consensus at the end of the call that company leaders plan to continue working against voting bills they think are restrictive. Washington 
WashingtonPost.com. Oh, bravo. Bravo, Washington Post. Five stars. Brilliant reporting as usual. Moving on. As I'm sure we're all aware, this is just one side to the coin, so let's flip it to its reverse and see what we've got. The Daily Journal's Southern Sentinel reports, Mark Twain observed that, quote, a lie can travel around the world and back again while the truth is lacing up its boots, end quote. Today, powerful voices seem determined to prove Mr. Twain right. In recent days, prominent members of the media, government, and big business have spread a wildfire of misinformation about a newly passed voting law in Georgia. Critics have panned the law as quote-unquote Jim Crow 2.0 and quote voter suppression, end quote. President Biden has denounced it as un-American. Corporate executives have piled on as well. The CEOs of Atlanta-based Coca-Cola and Delta have condemned the legislation, and Major League Baseball has decided to punish Georgia by moving this year's All-Star Game out of Atlanta, a decision MLB's former commissioner, Faye Vincent, called a, quote, serious mistake, end quote. If these individuals actually took time to read the bill, they would learn that it makes voting easier in Georgia, not harder. The law expands the window for early voting, allows no excuse mail-in voting to continue, adds 100 new ballot drop boxes, and allows voters to get a government-issued ID at no charge. It also makes elections more transparent by prohibiting ballot counters from stopping the count in the middle of the night. The idea that these changes are somehow akin to the oppression of Jim Crow is a complete falsehood designed to inflame divisions in this country. Those who have spread this lie should be ashamed of themselves. Corporations have historically shied away from controversy to avoid alienating their customers, yet today they seem convinced that bowing to far-left intimidation is good for business. Coca-Cola, for example, was initially silent on the Georgia bill until activists staged a die-in at their Atlanta headquarters and liberal sportscaster Keith Olbermann began pushing for a boycott of Georgia products. Once Coca-Cola fell in line, leaders from more than 100 other companies joined in a moral posturing stampede by releasing a vaguely concerned statement. This is not the first time corporations have hijacked our political debate. In 2019, Disney, Netflix, and Warner Media threatened to boycott Georgia after state representatives passed a law protecting unborn life. Soon afterward, 180 corporate executives signed an open letter opposing these pro-life protections, calling them, quote, bad for business, end quote. To their giant credit, Governor Kemp and state lawmakers stood firm and refused to undo these protections, which reflected widely held convictions in Georgia. Unfortunately, corporate bullying has sometimes succeeded. In 2015, when Indiana passed a religious freedom law on par with 19 other states, corporate backlash was fierce. The NCAA even threatened to move basketball games out of Indiana. Lawmakers soon caved by passing a quote-unquote fix that reversed many of the bill's protections. A similar case played out in Georgia in 2016, when then-Governor Deal vetoed a religious freedom bill under massive corporate pressure. It is revealing that the same companies pushing the made-up voter suppression 
narrative are making billions in communist China, a country that is actively committing genocide, persecuting Christians, and does not even pretend to hold elections. Coca-Cola owns nearly half of China's soft drink market. Delta recently upped its number of flights to China. Disney theme parks have popped up in Shanghai and Hong Kong, and the NBA, which gladly promotes social justice messages on the court, makes sure that owners and players never criticize the communist state, which is a huge source of profit for the NBA. Americans see this hypocrisy for what it is. Corporate elites who will do and say anything to help their bottom line, regardless of the truth. djournal.com Eh, I gotta say, even though it's just as one-sided as the last piece, at least it's written much better. I especially like that last part about hypocrisy, because that's a perfect lead-in for this next story. Which, if you can't recognize the hypocrisy here, well then, not only do I feel sorry for you, I'm also extremely curious as to how the heck you happen to be listening to my voice right now. The Washington Examiner reports, Videos of Representative Maxine Waters calling on Black Lives Matter protesters to become quote-unquote more confrontational are circulating on both Twitter and Facebook, despite the tech giants banning the promotion of violence and stripping former President Donald Trump of his accounts for comments they deemed incited an insurrection. We're looking for a guilty verdict. We're looking for a guilty verdict, and we're looking to see if all of the fault that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd, if nothing does not happen, then we know uh, that we've got to not only stay in the street, but we've got to fight for justice. Her comments come as Derek Chauvin faces trial for the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis last May. Waters made the trip to Minnesota on Saturday to join protesters following the police-involved shooting of Dante Wright last Sunday. I am very hopeful and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that is say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty. For murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not go get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? Which, what should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active, we've got to get more confrontational, we've got to make sure that they, they know that we mean business. The videos of her comments have since gone viral, with multiple commentators and news outlets showing the clips on Twitter and Facebook. Her comments have been met with pushback, including from Senator Ted Cruz, who said, quote, Democrats are actively encouraging riots and violence. They want to tear us apart, end quote. Facebook and Twitter both have firm policies against inciting or promoting violence on their platforms, which were highlighted when they banned former President Donald Trump earlier this year over what they characterized as the former president inciting the siege of the Capitol on January 6th. Twitter said in a statement at the time, quote, After close review of recent tweets from the at real Donald Trump account and the context around them, specifically how they are being received and interpreted on and off Twitter, we have permanently suspended the account due to the risk of further incitement 
incident of violence, end quote. Facebook's CEO Mark Zuckerberg echoed in a statement of his own, quote, We believe the risks of allowing the president to continue to use our service during this period are simply too great, end quote. Trump was ultimately found not guilty of inciting an insurrection during his second impeachment trial. Facebook and Twitter did not respond to the Washington Examiner's request for comment as to if the videos of Waters broke their rules on promoting violence. Waters' comments come as Minneapolis has seen repeated nights of rioting, looting, and protests in response to Wright's death. The city is currently bracing for a verdict on Chauvin, with riots anticipated if he is not found guilty of murder. This isn't the first time that the tech behemoths have made headlines for banning Trump, but leaving up content from Democratic politicians suggesting violence or confrontations against Republicans or others. Waters, for example, again faced criticism over promoting violence after calling for her supporters to harass Trump administration officials in public during a rally in 2018. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. She later denied that she incited violence against Republicans. WashingtonExaminer.com Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you learned something today. I sure did. Apparently, big tech social media is holding the narrative hostage, big corporations are holding our politicians hostage, and peaceful protesters are holding our judicial system hostage. Any questions? For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Monday, April 19, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.